When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Green Mountain Dental Group. We've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. Those listeners have personally reached out and let us know how great their experience was and have thanked us for leading them to such a wonderful practice. There's honestly nothing more rewarding than hearing that from our listeners, so please tell us about your experience if you made the switch. If you don't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood and they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, as well as the extreme Colorado sports fans just like us. So head on over to Green Mountain Dental Group today and schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam to get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Avery. Going to have a little fun <clears> on the <throat> show, doing a, doing a little bit of Would You Rather Hockey Edition. Some are going to be uh, hard choices because they're both good. Some of them are going to be hard choices because they're both terrible. Going to be a little bit all over the map today, so should be a fun one getting into uh, getting into some some sticky situations, perhaps, for a hockey team. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's start off with the important question, the one that I posed to you right before we went live. Okay. Would you rather listen to Nickelback or Creed? Oh, my God. Neither. Let's say, let's say five songs, because I don't want to, you know. Sure, not just literally, like, one song on repeat, at least. Yeah. And For not like... Three hours, yeah. <laughs> not like, oh, I listened to 11 seconds of a song, and then... I turned it off. Right. We're good. Enough to annoy you, but not enough to make you <laughs> want to die. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, you're wrong, Brecton. It's definitely Creed. I don't know, man. I can't do Nickelback, dude. I think, I think it's probably Creed for me too. But this is definitely a. Can I just do something else? Yeah, anything else, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I'll try salsa. 
instead of that shit. I won't eat a pickle, though. I'll listen to Creed and Nickelback back-to-back before, before I eat a pickle. Eat a pickle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's definitely Creed for me. I can't look at that photograph anymore, all right? <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I'm going to go. I'll I'll lean towards Creed. All right. That's the biggest pop out ever. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, that that one's music related, so not the yeah. most in-depth conversation, especially with those two bands. Uh, but let's get into some of the hockey questions. What Should we start with our title question, AJ, or do you want to save that one? No, we'll save it for a little bit later. All right. Let's let's start with our favorite thing in the world. Let's start with rebuilds. Yes, rebuilds. Would you rather be rebuilding the Ottawa Senators or the Detroit Red Wings? Or which or rather which rebuild do you prefer? So, I think right now I would probably prefer Ottawa's. Yeah, I think I agree. Because um, between Sanderson, Kachuk, and Stutzla, I think they have high-end players. Yep. Um, beyond that, I'm curious to see... What happens in net? Um, they invested a lot of picks on defense. Lassie Thompson, Jacob Bernard, Doc, uh, Bernard Docker, uh, Johnny Tyconic, um, obviously Sanderson, Tyler Clevin was a second round pick. I mean, Detroit has drafted a lot of defensemen as well. Yeah, um, and I, I, I think I like what they've done. So far, and you know, Thomas Shabbat obviously is kind of a he's he's already there as well, right? I I think that's where I start to lean toward Ottawa because you see someone like Shabbat, and on Detroit side, you're hoping that Cider can get to like Shabbat's level, right? But they're not there yet. The thing is, is that Detroit has Larkin, they do, and where Detroit has not drafted. You know, like Rasmussen did not pan out. And other than that, like Joe Valeno, uh, Berggren, we're still waiting to see what's up there. Um, They haven't really drafted centers. Mm -hmm. It's been lots of wings and lots of defensemen. Um, You know, this last one, this last draft, they Edvinson in Kosa in the first round and then Shai Boom in the second round. Another defenseman. To be and, fair, I don't mind the goalie pick. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, and I think that would be one thing that I I, I really like uh, about their rebuild. Detroit um, compared to Ottawa, for sure. Yeah. Ottawa is stuck with Matt Murray now, kind of. Well, and, like, they, they took um, Shogard out of the WHL, yep. and it's... Hasn't. To be determined, is he how good he is? Yeah. He just he just got into the AHL, so 
yeah. Still a lot of questions there, but like they used a top forty pick on him, mm-hmm. and he was he was well re- he's very well regarded. So um, it's not it's not like they don't have their own goaltender prospect, but That's they also good. they you know between like uh, uh, really Greg and uh, Robbie Arventi and Shane Pinto, like they've got some really intriguing forwards. Whereas when you look at the Detroit side and you look at their forwards, like I like Lucas Raymond, I like Niederbach, I like uh, Mastro Simon, uh, I like Zadina, but I did, none of these guys are centers, and I don't know that any of them outside Raymond are is really a, high end. Yeah, is, is going to be a, a guy that plays on a top line. Yeah, I I agree with you there. They definitely lack the high end forward talent. It's the number of defensemen Detroit has drafted is actually insane. Like, Cider, well, and you look at their Hansen and Wallander. Yeah. You look at their last going back to twenty seventeen. Yep. Hold on, I want to count these. It's a lot. It is a lot of defensemen on Detroit. Like. A ridiculous amount. They've had a ton of picks as well, to be fair. But they draft so many D. It's like four plus a year. Yeah, so in the last five draft classes, they've had 31 top 100 selections. Yep. That's 31. It's an insane amount of draft picks, man. Like, that's... And, and you look at Ottawa. Ottawa's had a, a couple of years where they've had a bunch too. Yep. But, you know, like, it's it's funny because, like, 2017, they only had four picks. And they traded their first rounder immediately after making the selection, and that was Shane Bowers. Yep. And they haven't missed it at all because Alex Formanton and Drake Batherson have both turned into players. Well, I mean, just look at the difference. For Ottawa, it's, what, 6, 10? Okay, they had a ton in 2020. So that'd be 17, 18, yeah. 19, 21. So 10 more top 100 picks for Detroit than Ottawa yeah. over the last four years. And Ottawa Ottawa has spread them out. They've taken multiple centers, a bunch of defensemen, um, a couple of wings to go along with what they already had. Yep. Detroit has just been like, we're rebuilding our defense. We're absolutely rebuilding our defense. Yeah, the, the thing is, like, I really like a lot of the picks Detroit has made over the last four years. But right now, today, Ottawa is a lot closer to being a competitive team. Yeah, I think the graduation, what they what they already had, because going into the rebuilds, Ottawa had Shabbat, uh, Detroit already had Larkin when they, when they kind of, like, started entering into their rebuilds. And where I think that they're even Cider and Sanderson kind of cancel each other out. But Stutzla, I think, is higher end than Raymond. I mean, the only piece that has legitimately graduated for Detroit since 2017 is Zadina. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess Rasmussen, but he hasn't been particularly impactful. Yeah, Rasmussen. I think Rasmussen, it's fair to say he's a bust. Yeah. Um, whereas Zadina is still like, he's closer to bust status than I certainly thought he would be. Yeah. But 
there's still a little bit of time there. Yep. And the rest of it, it's like you're still kind of waiting and seeing. Like, presumably, Cider will be a full time NHLer next year, or, or rather, this coming season. But it hasn't happened yet for Detroit. They haven't gotten a, a wave of graduations of effective players, whereas Ottawa is already starting to see those results. Yeah. So little bit of a difference there as yeah well am i lagging okay great am i back uh i didn't notice any issues gone all right yeah my screen like went black and gave me the lag signal so i guess i'm fine but since 2017 ottawa's graduations uh brady kachuk tim stutzel sort of uh, and then you could kind of count a couple of other guys if you wanted to. So uh, the big the big thing here is that I hated their draft this last year. Um, I mean, Ottawa's uh, Tyler I, Boucher tenth overall. Are you serious? Yeah, and I don't. Ben, I don't disagree. It's pretty ugly. And and Ben Roger in the second round. Oh my god. <laughs> I very old school pick, um, especially because. They drafted Tyler Clevin in the second round last year. Like, yep. how do you, how do you use the fifth overall pick on like, and like the archetype of like the modern defensive defenseman and Jake Sanderson, and then blow second round picks on super old school defend like big rangy defensive defensemen that don't have any puck skill. Yeah, I, I mean. I'll never understand the second round in this year's draft with Ratu going 52nd. That many teams passed on that kid in the second round is just wild to me. But maybe they'll be proven right given time. We'll have to see. Uh, either way, to to wrap up this question, I think I think I would go today with Ottawa. Yeah, and I think I like I like their long term outlook, but. The the addition of Sebastian Kosa, I think, closes the gap for Detroit. I think it's a re- they're both off to good rebuild starts, which is funny because we have another rebuild that we're going to talk about that I'm not going to be feeling good about. <laughs> yes, do. But first, we've got to talk about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. Hit up the bar, get it on tap, or go to your local liquor store and get it there. Use the Breck Beer Locator online. Keep your eyes peeled for the good company hard seltzers. Absolutely delicious seltzers from Breck Brew. You cannot go wrong with those. And then hit up DraftKings Sportsbook. You can still get in this week. If you make a new account, if you use the DNBR code, all you have to do is bet $1 on a week one NFL game to get $200 in free bets. Yes, $200 to bet on whatever you want on DraftKings. You don't have to wait for week one. You don't have to correctly bet on the football game either. You just have to put a dollar down, and they give you 200 bucks immediately. So jump in just for that. Get yourself $200 to play with. Have a little fun. Splash some cash maybe on McKinnon winning the heart. Maybe on Kemper winning the Vesna. Maybe you're feeling good about Jokic going back-to-back for the MVP in the NBA. Why no not? way they give it to him. I know they won't, but. That's why you have $200 in free bets, so it doesn't feel bad if you bet on that and you're wrong. It's a good deal all the way around with DraftKings Sportsbook. So, again, be sure to use that DNVR code and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use it to get your chance to get $200 in free bets 
when you bet a single dollar. It's just that easy. Why not jump on it? Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. This deals for a limited time only. And the DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, and, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. If we're sticking with the rebuild conversation, we've done it out east. Let's come back to the west here. And let's do two teams that uh, maybe not the funnest teams to watch last year. Uh, would you rather... <laughs> The Kings rebuild or the Ducks rebuild? Um, this one's interesting because I think the instant response is the Kings. Yeah, snap pick would be Kings for me, for sure. Given that they have had all the hype about their prospect pipeline the last couple of years, and that even when they've made some mistakes, like trading Eric Chernak, um, drafting Kale Clegg, like even when they've they've missed on some guys, they've made up for them. You know, Mikey Anderson in the fourth round looks like a legit steal. Yep. For example, um, I think this last draft class really helped me feel better about the Kings rebuild, even though they didn't have very many picks. Um, they were all the top hundred, the ones that they did have. Right, but I think that uh, I think that the addition of Brent Clark is really, really important for them because they didn't, they haven't really had very many. Yeah, their highest D before that was Bjornfoot, I think. Yeah, Tobias Bjornfoot, and uh, that is just. I, I like him as a prospect, but he's just... I mean, I like him more than Helga Granz, I'll put it that way. He's just not... It, it's it's the high end that you're yeah. having the problem with there, right? Yep. Agreed. So, uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> gross. I mean, why did the Avs sign Jack Johnson to a PTO? That's a PTO, hopefully. All right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> AJ's reeling from that one a little bit. Anyway, the Kings. Um, I, I like Brock Faber a lot uh, on, on their blue line. I think their forward, their forwards have always been overrated, though. Um, Turcotte and Byfield both, if they both panned out to their absolute ceilings, great. Mm -hmm. they, have, they have a true one and two, and they're absolutely disgusting down the middle. This is a projection, right? It, if these guys reach their ceilings, they're looking great. The yeah. question, especially with Byfield, though, the question is how close to that ceiling can he really get? 
Yeah, and with Turcotte, I mean, Turcotte's been a really... He was a really good AHL player last year. Yep. And it made me feel a little bit better about him because I've kind of been all over the place. I loved him in his draft year. I didn't love him at Wisconsin despite the numbers. And then in the AHL, I was like, okay, this is the draft year guy that I really liked. And... I'm still worried about him staying healthy. He seems to get nicked up a lot. But Byfield is the real key here because if he becomes a superstar. Yep. That's when all of a sudden they're strong up front with Byfield leading the way. Absolutely. They also have other interesting talent down the depth chart at Ford as well with guys like Kaliev and Akil Thomas, but... Yeah, and like Rasmus Kapari, Gabe Velarde is already in the NHL and actually looks pretty solid. When he's healthy. <laughs> yeah, Anderson Anderson Dolan um, has actually been a, a decent depth guy for them. Yep. That I think should should play, should, should, I think he should play more. Um, and they've got, they've got a goaltender of the future in Cal Peterson. Yeah. So there's there's a lot to like about what LA has done as the Cal as California collectively collectively rebuilds. Yep. It's just the Sharks haven't figured it out yet. They they don't realize they're rebuilding. Yeah. There's a reason we put Anaheim as the other team in this. Would you rather just yeah. nobody's picking the Sharks right now? <laughs> right. <laughs> With Anaheim though, it's it's tough because like they weren't supposed to be rebuilding. You know, they were supposed to Max Jones and Sam Steele and Max Comtois and Lundestrom were all supposed to be impact NHL players. Right, and you have all those dudes. And, you know, Sam Steele is solid, but not great. You have Max Jones hanging around, has not really lived up to the hype at all. Yeah, and Comtois has outplayed both of those guys. He's actually been solid. Yep. And then you look at all the other dudes. I mean, they, they took... Braden Tracy uh, was a was a dude that they drafted. Pick. <laughs> yeah, and was a was a nineteen year old. Yep. And he still just kind of hanging around. Yep. And even I mean we've talked about it before, but even the way they they handled the Trevor Zegras situation was very strange. It was weird, but, like, he was a point per game in the AHL, and he had 13 points in 24 games in the NHL. Yep. After being a point per game, also it beat you. Like, uh, that's a guy that I still think is on his way to being really good. Yeah, no doubt about that. Zegras is actually, like, a building block for them. And then Drysdale came immediately and looked good for them. looked very strong. So, I I like that guy. Um and I like a lot of what where where they've gone. I mean, Jacob Perot and Sam Colangelo are two very ducks picks. And then Mason McTavish in this most recent draft, I think closes the closes the gap quite a bit. Um long term, you know, they've got John Gibson in net, but they also have Lucas Dostal. Who just made his AHL or his North American debut and has been really good. So that's a that's a dude that, that like they're 
combine that and say say they keep a guy like Campus Lindholm when he hits for agency, if they keep him around and they add that to uh to to Drysdale, man, I think I think they've got the goods there. The the big question for them is they're still waiting for someone to take the reins and, and be the star. I know you've said similar things about the Kings. Yes, they have Byfield coming, but right now LA is still living in a world where they have Kopitar. They have Dowdy on the back end. Right now, the highest paid forward on Anaheim is Adam Henrique. <laughs> yeah. So the spot is open for the taking on Anaheim a little bit easier immediately. Well, and and it's not hard to to like okay, you fast forward a couple of a couple of years, and you get through some of the veteran deals that they've got on older dudes. Um, sure. And 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 you look at they're building around Zegras and McTavish down the middle and Drysdale and uh, Lindholm on the back end. Sure. And that's I think that's the strangest part of this is that defensively they they just keep drafting a lot of forwards. They really haven't outside of Drysdale, they haven't used a first round pick on a defenseman since Jacob Larson in twenty fifteen and he didn't he hasn't panned out so far. Yeah, they're before Drysdale too, I mean their defensive drafting has been pretty weak. They I guess they had Mahura. Yeah, like they they had. Josh Maher has, has made the NHL and right. he's hung around a little bit. He's all right. I think he's still trying to they're still trying to teach him how to play defense. But he's but, he's the only one. They have I guess they still have Lacombe coming, but Yeah, and I guess if you really believe in Henry Thrun, which eh, No. I mean, he had a really good freshman year at Harvard. But that was also a really good Harvard team. And then like he went back to the USHL this last year and was pretty it's, good. It's a law that Harvard players have to go to college free agency. That's that's true. <laughs> by the end of by the end of his college career, Henry Thrun will have turned himself into Justin Schultz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so not not too sure about that one, but And it the point is is that they don't have a lot there and that the high end absolutely isn't there. Uh, in their prospect depth coming up. So I think I would take the Kings rebuild at, after this most recent draft class where they got Brent Clark. I would take the Kings. But I think the Ducks, that's give them two more years and you don't want to count them out with the with the way that they've drafted. Yeah. And to answer, yes, Drysdale, Drysdale did fall off a cliff at the end of last year, but he was an 18-year-old playing on a horrible, horrible team. And I want to know. Uh, uh, I'm I'm a believer that it'll get better, even though I wasn't his biggest fan in the draft. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jack Johnson's horrible, guys. That's yeah. that's why I reacted the way that I did. Jack Johnson is legitimately a bad NHL player. Yeah, he is. He's and very very been. bad. He's very not good. Yeah. Uh, um, we can talk about it a little bit next period. Anyway, I think I'd take L.A. as well today. I The issues I see are what happens when they're still paying Drew Doughty $11 million three years from now. Yeah, the uh, the big deals could be problematic. Yep. 
they've locked themselves into Philip Deneau. They yeah, that was the other we haven't really the Kopitar and Deneau they're kind of locked into. So. Yeah. And it's like Jack Johnson or McDermott gun to your head. McDermott because he's cheaper to sit. Amen to that. Uh, God, Jack Johnson. In any case, yeah, whatever. Signing Jack Johnson to a PTO certainly took balls. Now, don't let your balls get out like the abs have on a move like this. Make sure they're manscaped. Head on over to manscaped.com. Use DNVR20 code to get 20% off. Get the perfect package 4.0 and free shipping as well. Get the lawnmower trimmer. Trimmer. You get deodorant. You get toner. You get all sorts of amazing products. If you don't want to clean below the belt, they got plenty of stuff for above the belt. Your face, too. They got cologne. They got breath mints. They got shave mats. They got pretty much everything you need to make sure your entire body is looking at good when it comes to any t- kind of scaping, really, to be honest. So be sure to check out Manscaped. Hit them up and use that DNVR20 code. And then when you're done manscaping everything, be sure to head on over to Strava Craft Coffee. Get yourself some of the CBD-infused coffee. They've been a longtime sponsor of us. You can get the cold brew down at the bar as well if you want to try before you buy. Online, you can get 25% off your first purchase with code DNVR25. And then when you sign up for their subscription service, you get 20% off basically for the rest of your entire life. And then you can check out Chevalier Mortgage just to kick it. If you're looking for a, a new home to to sip your CBD coffee in, Mike and Virginia have been in the business here in Colorado for over 15 years. So they know their way around everything, and they're also great at what they do. The part we love to bring up on this podcast is that Mike is a certified financial planner. So this is more than someone just trying to sell you on a loan. They will look at your entire financial picture, find the correct loan for you specifically, and then have help take care of everything to get you all set up and good to go with your mortgage. So check them out today. Uh, Both Mike and Virginia are awesome. You can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and get yourself a free consultation as well as a chance to win some free DNVR merch as well. Highly recommend you check these guys out. It's anywhere from uh, the metro area to up in Fort Collins. They have you covered. Uh, You can Call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or, again, visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ had to dip out for a second, but he will be back in a moment. But for those of you who are not on Twitter, we can uh, we can show you a little bit of something here. We have uh, Jay Fresh's hockey card on Jack Johnson. It's bad, folks. It's uh, it's it's very 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 bad. There's very little to redeem Jack Johnson as an effective defenseman in the NHL at this point. Granted, he's only signed it to a PTO, so. This is not a full contract. This does not guarantee that the Avs will even have Jack Johnson on the roster or in the organization at all come opening night. But he basically provides zero offense entirely, and his defense is not much better. On the whole, his personal production, he scored a couple of goals, and uh, that was about it. All of this playing as a third-pairing defenseman in New York Granted, 
you know, the bottom of New York's lineup not providing the best teammates, uh, but he wasn't helping the situation at all. If you look into some of his advanced stats here, you can see his, his personal isolated impacts. They were actually a little bit better last year with New York, but by better, I just mean not disastrous. It it went from, oh, this is actually, this dude shouldn't be in the NHL, to this, te- this guy is only hurting the team some, instead of, you know, desperately, terribly hurting the team in every way imaginable. So that uh, that's not great. We might have McDermott's card still. I'd have to look, though. Let me see here. Uh, see if we can't find it. Do a little uh, one-to-one comparison if we do have it. Mm-hmm. No, looks like we we have Maltsevs, but that's not very useful. So maybe AJ will have it when he gets back. But in any case, Jack Johnson, as far as a quality NHL player, is just not a thing. And he should not be in the abs lineup if they're trying to build the best lineup they can. Um, I also struggle with assuming health where he would fit. It doesn't make any sense from, from that regard, as far as the top six, like you're not going to sit anyone for him. So there's a very good chance that this move is designed as injury security. If they do ultimately end up signing Jack Johnson, it's because they want him to be a seventh or eighth D for when a Murray or Johnson injury, it inevitably happens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Brecton. Um, it's even in that regard to me, it's a little bit disappointing if they do go through with it because Jack Johnson is not going to provide you anything that Jacob McDonald isn't that it, it's just not effective player usage in in any way shape or form i i don't i don't know yeah sure sickness if he's your eighth d it's fine but literally anyone if they're your eighth d it's fine right like a million dudes could do that job so i i don't see it as a super interesting move and the best case scenario in my opinion is that they ultimately let him go off of the pto that's that's where I'm at with it. So, as AJ returns, yeah. Uh, anybody that thinks that this isn't possibly problematic, you straight lying. <laughs> but hey, we've seen Jared Cowan, Andre Mazaros in the past. Yep. Maybe it amounts to nothing. <clears throat> I mean, the hope is that. He's if he does get signed, he's like an eighth D, right? <laughs> yeah. Because that's, I mean, that's that's the hope, and I think as long as those dudes, their top six is healthy, right? That if everyone's healthy, I really don't see how you possibly put him in the lineup. Yeah, but you can absolutely see the second Murray and, goes down. Yeah, totally. You can you can see an NHL head coach being like. Why would I play a teenager when I can play Jack Johnson? Well, why don't you go ask Pittsburgh when they tried to do that for three years, how it went for them. But yeah, so that's, that's my only real fear. Yep. Agreed. So we'll see. And that would be, I, even for 
for as doomers, that would be incredibly boneheaded for this team to play Jack Johnson over Bowen Byron. But yep. So I I don't expect that. Oh, Johnson that. Johnson's a lot worse than Patrick I, Nemeth. I would take Patrick Nemeth ten times out of ten over Jack Johnson, man. Nemeth yeah, I mean, has solid defensive metrics. Yeah, like like I know Avs fans feel the way that they do about Patrick Nemeth, but Patrick Nemeth is a fine third pairing NHL defenseman who is just a really poor fit in Colorado. Yep. So uh I am not taking up residency in Canada. I leave um uh, two days from now. <laughs> yeah, I leave on Friday to drive back to the States. So So there that goes. I will not I will not be voting in a couple of weeks. Not this time. All right. After our side segment about Jack Johnson. Yeah, I guess there's your would you rather Jack Johnson or Curtis McDermott. Curtis McDermott was the answer there. So well we ended up with a would you rather we didn't want on the show, I guess. Yeah. Um, we tried okay. to do a negative one with a music one and and the universe wasn't show. about to have that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the abs do this shit during our show on purpose because they know that we're live. And then after the Taves thing, they're yeah, like, they, well, it's... "They tuned in today and they were like, oh my god, they're doing Would You Rather? They they need some content. Let's sign yeah. somebody. <laughs> hurry up, hurry up! Offer that PTO to Jack Johnson right now. <laughs> Give him something to talk about. <laughs> um, all right, our next one on the list is the other team in. California. Would you rather Brent Burns or Eric Carlson? Uh, this one hurts. <laughs> I don't think it's that hard of a choice. I think probably Burns. Really? I'm surprised because... that you would pick Burns. Just because it's shorter. Sure. Oh Only my two god! Years though. Shorter though, and he's thirty-six, man. Yeah, I immediately backtrack and take Eric Carlson. Yeah, I would take Ek every single time. I, I like. I don't even think this one is that close. Burns, yeah, fallen off of a meteoric cliff. I mean, he still had twenty-nine points last year, and while. As we've seen, you can still produce points and be a bad defenseman. I mean, Rasmus Ristolainen exists. Sure, but Rasmus Ristolainen isn't making $8 million and is in age right. 36. Like, but it's it's like, how much worse is it going to get? Because, I mean, a lot of his point value has come from scoring goals. Yep. Being a guy that can actually score from the back end. And he's been on a decentish decline from his 20-goal days. Yeah, in his prime, he was a 20-goal guy. He had 12 in 17-18, 16 in 18-19, and then 12, and then 7 in 56 games this last year. Yeah. And... So, I don't know. The drop to... the drop. I mean, I know it's only 56 games versus the full season, but the drop to, to 7 is... I. And here's That's my... a concern, but also the 22 assists. I mean, this is a dude that he has to produce points to have value. Burns turns 37 in March. 
EK won't be that age until the end of his current contract. Yeah, that's true. Burns' contract takes him to age 40. And you're already seeing the drop-off for him start to come. The end of that contract is, is dead weight. And now the end of EK's contract may end up being dead weight as well, but it's not there yet. He did, I mean, he only had 22 points last year. It was not super productive last year. And, like, that's a bad team. I definitely get that. Um, the thing the thing with EK, though, is that if you look at his career, he's never been much of a shot suppressor. Sure. But he's always been kind of right around breaking even while driving a lot of offense. Yep. If you go to if you if you pull up his heat map from last year, Carlson's, it's insanely bad. Yeah. I mean insanely bad. <laughs> Whereas Burns is still driving play. He's still giving up plenty of play, but he's driving it offensively. And see I don't know, man. I I do wonder how much of that is putting EK and Burns on the same team. Like, is are there not enough pucks on the ice? It's fair to wonder the impact of that. So, I, I man, I don't know. I, I think I would take Carlson just because I like him more, and I can't stand Brent Burns. <laughs> well, I think we all know that. So, I would, I would take EK. EK it is. I would take EK without a doubt. I, I'm not holding on to Burns until he's 40. I'm just not doing it. Um, all right. A couple other would-you-rathers. This is this is the tough one that everyone always asks. Would you rather one championship and team misses playoffs for the rest of your life, or would you rather have it as reality where you never know? Reality. I think I would take reality as well. Yeah. Even if I go the rest of my life without any of my teams winning a championship, the hope for it. Yep. Because what would be, what would be the it, if your team wins that one championship in like the first three years? In the other scenario, and then it's like yeah. you know, the rest of your life, there's no point in watching this hockey team. Right. I mean, you're watching it just for love of the game and love of the team, even though you know that there's no rooting for them. There's no, they're never making the playoffs, never anything else. <laughs> not great. So I would take reality just because you may not get that championship, but at least every year you're going in believing in something. Eight by six and a half for Pareko. That seems reasonable. Yeah, they got him. Okay, but they got him. They got him to agree uh, after a down year. So it's really weird to me that Pareko gets six and a half and Darnell Nurse got nine. Yeah, I mean Edmonton made some choices in their life. I don't know what to tell you on that one. It's true. They have made choices in their lives. (laughs) All right. I really like this last one that we have, AJ. I think this is a great one. Okay. Would you rather overhaul the Department of Player Safety or overhaul playoff officiating? I really want player safety to to get it right. Yeah. 
and to feel like it makes sense in a just world where players are appropriately punished for the bullshit that they pull and it serves as a legitimate deterrent so that you don't have to talk yourself into dumb shit like signing or trading for Curtis McDermott so he can protect your guys. Yep. From from a player safety perspective and the right thing to do, I absolutely think that overhauling the Department of Player Safety is the way to go. It's we we cannot live in a world where it's just okay that career threatening things continue to happen and the players that are actively doing them don't get punished. But from a viewership perspective, and eh, overhauling the playoff officiating could go a long way for this league, I think. Same. I think it would also cut down on the need for for no skill big guys that just hit people because teams would no longer be building for the postseason. Yep. You wouldn't have a conversation where it's like Montreal's built for the playoffs. Where built for the playoffs is really just a coded phrase for cheats a lot. Yeah, you can get away with whatever you want in the postseason. Yep. So I think I think I would probably go with officiating because I think if they properly officiated the game, um the job of Department of Player I mean, Safety would be a lot easier. It's a little bit of a chicken and egg thing, too, right? Uh, yes, it is. That's why it's a tough question. Yeah, because if they were way harsher on, on players doing dumb shit, there wouldn't be a need for the officiating to, to lock down quite as much. I think, I think it would work better if you overhauled the officiating as opposed to the other way around, because the other way around, yes, you get rid of the big, dirty stuff, but you'd still see in the playoffs a lot of that grabby, clutchy... Yeah, the nonsense. Style style hockey, yeah. Everybody loves the postseason because it's best on best, and then as it goes on, like, you saw the the Avs Vegas series. As that series went on, they stopped calling penalties, and who did that benefit? One one team had a really good power play, and the other one didn't. Yep. And look look at the impact of that. That shit didn't happen the previous year in the series against Dallas. They kept calling penalties on the Avs, and the Avs couldn't couldn't kill a penalty. Yep. And they got burned. They lost the series because of their PK. Where whereas the Avs the Avs didn't get a chance. Vegas Vegas got bailed out of. I mean, what was their league leading PK? But the Avs had a, had a power play that was humming even in that series. Yep. The power play was rolling along. And they got bailed out of it because playoff officiating screwed them. Like, they just stopped calling penalties. We went into games knowing the only penalty getting called tonight is a delay a game puck over glass. Yep. It's and that's exactly how it went down. It was insane. Yep. So I would, I would say playoff officiating because I think you improve the playoff officiating um, – and I think I think it probably helps some of your department of player safety issues. Some of them. Yep. I mean, obviously, it doesn't fix the regular season department of player safety issues. <sighs> yeah. 
that that's I think that's the first one on the list where I think you would want to choose both. Yeah. Well, because improving both of them improves the game so much. Yep. So, yeah. Something that can actually be fixed in the real world, too. So, NHL, please. Yeah. Yep. All right. Final thoughts on on the day, AJ? Some of these would-you-rathers? We haven't done our big one yet. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot. I tried to skip that. Uh, yeah. Final, final. Would you rather of the day, Nathan McKinnon or Kale McCarr? The cop out here is it depends on which team you are. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah, but let's say you're Seattle. You have a blank slate. Seattle three months ago, four months ago. However, you know before they before they got a roster. If you were Seattle and you in and you had the choice between either one of them, are we taking like? contract situation into account or are we just taking the player? Sure. Okay. If I think if you're taking contract situation into account, you have to take Makar. Um, if you're a blank slate, if you're an expansion team taking a player, McKinnon is gone in two years. That's just the assumption that I'm making. Um, <laughs> can you keep both and give up Jack Johnson? Yep. We solved this one. It's, we're done. Great job. Uh, in fact, I really think it's Kale McCarr, full stop. Unless you are a team that wants to win a cup in the next two years with Nathan McKinnon's current contract. So, and that's not, is Nathan McKinnon the better player today? Probably, but you're going to get so much more value out of Kale McCarr for so, so many reasons in the long run. It's got to be McCarr um, because I think, look, McKinnon has a couple, hasn't, hasn't quite broken 100 points yet. Yep. Obviously, he's quite close. Literally 99. <laughs> but we think, we think McCarr has a legitimate point per game season in him. And if you're going to get a point per game season out of a defenseman, isn't that like the big selling point of an elite forward? So you get a hundred points out of him. Well, if you get 85 out of a defenseman and he's also a very good defender as Kale McCarr is. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that, isn't that more valuable? Seems like an easy slam dunk. He's younger. He's signed for the next six years. He, Obviously, is an insane talent. It's mm-hmm. he's a defenseman, which are harder to get. It's well, and and the fact that he's he finished his second year and he's arguably the best at his position already. Yep. And McKinnon never will be the best at his position. McDavid will always exist. Yep. Well, and and I mean McKinnon, you know, in the next couple of years, we're going to see some insane talent. Right. Well, that's that's what I'm coming into the league. Players, it's always going to be McDavid ahead of him, and then yeah. the next generation will show up when it shows up. Yeah, I mean, if some of these kids live up to it, man. I mean, Shane Wright's coming. Yeah, and then Connor Bedard and and Matvey Michkov are coming, and it's like, here we go again. Yeah, and I just think that uh, I just think that McCarr. Second place. It, 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 it's funny because Makar was part of a, a historic rookie class on defense. Yep. So what? How special he was 
kind of got lost. A little bit got lost. And then Adam Fox had this insane season and wins the Norris after his second season. The same as McCarr. And McCarr loses out there. So him finishing second in the Norris is still an insane accomplishment. Something that just doesn't happen in this league. And a little bit gets lost because he also he lost to a, a second year player as well. Yep. And so it's like both seasons of McCarr's career have been insane, but the historical context has gotten lost a little bit because of what's happened around him. Yep. And this is this is his chance to just separate because everybody everybody blames all of McCarr's success on him being on a good team. And it's like, don't you think that the abs are as good as they are in part because Kale McCarr? Yeah, right. Like, there was a lot of there was a lot of wonder that that Quinn Hughes's rookie year was a little smoke and mirrors. Yep. That he was a really good player who was performing well over his head in certain areas. Got hard exposed last year. And then Adam Fox, it's like, okay, Adam Fox is so good, but his team still can't make the postseason despite having tons of talent on it. Not all of not all of Fox's fault, but it's like, why does get why does it get held against McCarr and not these other guys that his team is successful and that 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 cat is I mean they, the other ones aren't. McCarr has the opportunity to go out, put up a point per game or more and blow everyone out of the water this year and say, I'm just too good. doesn't matter how good my team is. He, Kel McCarr could have only gotten one more year from a team that would have given him an offer sheet, something yep. he wasn't going to sign. Yep. So, yeah. I, I, no offense to McKinnon, who has put himself on a Hall of Fame type path, but, you know, he needs to win something and he's obviously got to keep up this crazy numbers dump. I, I mean, look, there's there's an argument to be made that McKinnon is one of the three best players in the league. Yeah. But McCarr is just that special. <laughs> like, Right. Kill, I mean, Kill McCarr is... I don't know. There, there are no words for Kill McCarr, honestly. Yep. So, that's... Uh, I think that's where it's at. It has to be McCarr for us, too. Yep. All right. Good note to leave it on there. So I'm McCarr, still yeah, insane. We're just going to get out of here with that. So thank you everyone for watching, listening, however you consume. We appreciate it very, very much. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow and then we will likely do a pre recorded show for Friday because AJ is going to be on his way back to Denver. Yeah, and I'll be driving, and he will be playing yeah, golf. I'll be busy at the uh, DNVR golf tournament. Hope to see a few of your uh, your faces there. So hopefully, hopefully that, and you can catch the recorded pod after. But, yeah, we're out of here for the day. Until tomorrow, we will talk to you all later.